Hello and welcome to level 7 of 3 Extra Lives, a video game and trivia podcast. I'm your host, Tom Knight, and I'm going to start off this level by sharing an iTunes review. Because I had one through from Delightfully Awkward, I Love Trivia. This podcast is a delight to listen to and brings to light the gaming stories that are not often talked about. I love the gamification aspect with trivia throughout the episode. Tom really knows his stuff, and he shares it in a very engaging way. Smiley face. Thank you very much for that review, Delightfully Awkward. That that warms my heart to read that out to get us going today. And of course, if you're enjoying Three Extra Lives, why not leave your own iTunes review? It really helps me out. It really helps the show out, helps to grow, and helps us live to fight another boss. But anyway, with that out the way, let's get started. We mentioned the Sega Mega Drive and Genesis in level 5 of 3 Extra Lives, but now I'm telling you, you're going to have to go and search for your garage, your attics, your sheds, and find your Sega Mega Drive, your original one. You need to go in there, blow the dust off it. Why, Tom? Why do I need to do this? Because there's a new game out for the Sega Genesis. No, I'm not. I'm not being crazy. There's a new game called Tanglewood, which is a puzzle platforming game, and it's been released for the Sega Mega Drive. Now, this was a Kickstarter, which was funded back in December 2016. The developer has released a true 16-bit version of this game. Now, it was programmed in a language using original development tools from the 1990s. Now, this game is out on PC as well, but there's also a box cartridge, Sega Mega Drive, Sega Genesis, whatever you like to call it, version. And it's a multi-region cartridge, so it would support any of those consoles from the various regions, America, Japan, Europe. It's not an official product of Sega, I just have to say that, but it comes with the classic hard Mega Drive case, a game manual, and the game, of course. I just thought, this is incredible. They're, they're still making games for the Sega Mega Drive, and this is not too uncommon, actually, in the homebrew scene where people make games and they release them in a format that you could emulate them. So a lot of people have emulators on their PCs, for example, which can run the files ripped from the original cartridges of these games. And the developer Big Evil Corporation actually gives a digital ROM copy of this game as well, that if if you wanted to play this on an emulator, if you didn't have that Sega Mega Drive, but you wanted to experience it in its true Mega Drive format, this is how you would do it. And the game itself, it's set in a fictional world, follows a young creature called Nim, and he's separated from his home after the twin sun sets. Nim must find a way to survive the night terrors and make it to morning. Tanglewood's world is a dangerous one, especially after dark. The game mixes fast-paced 2D platforming action with puzzles. There's 28 levels, there's eight chapters. There's an original soundtrack as well by Freeze Dream, and it had been offered especially for the Mega Drive sound processors. So you're gonna get a real authentic sounding Mega Drive style game right here. There's also a time of day cycle. So depending on what time 
it is in the game will depend on what monsters you might encounter or in some cases in various games can depend on how you can solve a puzzle it has to be at a certain time of the day so that's a really cool mechanic to have in a game like this as well and if you're playing on pc you don't want to do the whole retro thing you don't want to have to go and blow some dust off an old mega drive you're gonna be able to get the achievements and everything like that if you're playing through steam but what about it this this is so cool for me to see i mean the mega drive is something at the back of our minds we had in level 5 talking about the Sega Genesis Mini and that's how everything seems to be moving forward now but there's still people out there that have passions to bring games to older consoles. This took about 6 years to make as well so it wasn't a straightforward project in the slightest and it came through the Kickstarter and now it's a real thing and you could, if you want to go and add to your physical Mega Drive Sega Genesis collection, you can now do that in Tanglewood. It's trivia time! So with Tanglewood's release, I thought let's let's think back. Let's travel back in time. The last official game to release on the Sega Genesis was Frogger. But in which year? Was it 1996, 1997, or 1998? The answer is 1998. Yes, I was actually surprised too at this year. If you got that one right, give yourself an extra life. It's time for me to share another heartwarming story that I found on Twitter. And today I'm talking about Adam Nickerson, who in April 2019 had some amazing news. His game, Ding Dong XL, released on the Nintendo Switch. Now before I go any further, Ding Dong XL, it's a neon-infused one-button arcade game which was released on PC back in June 2018. But Adam from Nickervision Studios, his dream came true. With the release of his game on Nintendo Switch, he decided to travel through his Nintendo memory lane. And it's a pretty amazing story. And he talks about how he loved Mario Brothers, Metroid, you know, all the classic Nintendo games. And how their sounds and songs are permanently etched into his brain. He talks about how he went to a relative's house and he first saw the Super Nintendo at Christmas. He was completely bewildered. They were playing Super Mario World. There was Yoshi, the cape, the levels with secret endings. I know that feeling where you go around somebody's house, especially when you're very young and how influential that could be. In his grade five elementary school class, he was asked to write a speech on a topic that was important to him. And he chose Nintendo, of course, and he was picked from his class to perform it in front of the entire school. And he won a trophy. The topic was a crowd pleaser, no doubt. There was a lot of Nintendo fans out there. He goes on to say that his family was fortunate enough to have a subscription to Nintendo Power, and that was a magazine which included posters and classified information, even guides to certain games. Magazines is something of days gone by as well, but I, I definitely know that feeling of the empowerment of those gaming magazines back in the day, before the internet, before we could lose ourselves on that. Magazines was just one of the best sources of information you could get about video games. 
1995, he actually wrote to Nintendo Power and he got a response from the magazine. He framed it and he put it on his wall. He continues by saying his, his family wasn't particularly well off, but his parents did an incredible job of providing them with things they thought were important. And fortunately, games were one of those. And occasionally they went to their local video store so they could pick out a used game to bring home and play. This brings us to the Christmas of 1996 when the Nintendo 64 was first released. They didn't receive the gift on Christmas morning, much to their surprise. We've all been there as kids where we've been waiting for this one present. Maybe we've seen it wrapped up somewhere when we've been sneaking about and then it doesn't appear. They were disappointed. They tried their best not to show it. They, they had other great stuff as well, but hours later, his parents called them into the living room they discovered a present behind the couch was missed. They frantically opened it. It was a Nintendo 64. He says he almost died from the excitement and he will never forget that moment. It's a pretty epic feeling as a kid just opening up a new video game console. It's definitely something I can relate to as well. The memories just keep on coming. For example, he talks about meeting his friend on a Friday, them going to pick up a video game, picking up a slushie, and then just playing through all the weekend until they had school again on the Monday and it just continues going through his years of Nintendo, through his childhood and then into his teens, dressing up as Mario and his friend Dave dressing up as Luigi and fast forward into his early 20s when he opened up his first business, an internet cafe. They had several consoles including the Nintendo Wii and now right up to last year 2018 where he decided to become a full-time game developer and he released Ding Dong XL on the PC like I mentioned at the top and now it's out on Nintendo Switch. It's just almost a full circle and he just signs off this really amazing thread which I'll put a link in my show notes if you can check out the full detail of it. But he says he has endless memories of Nintendo that he shares with people and even if he sold one copy of Ding Dong XL he would be forever proud and grateful to be a tiny part of the Nintendo story. And maybe one day, someone will have great memories of his game. It's trivia time. And let's keep it in Nintendo. Super Mario debuted in arcade classic Donkey Kong back in 1981. What was his original name? The answer is Jumpman. Did you get that one? If you did, give yourself an extra life. And finally, on three extra lives, we're heading back to one of my favorite places right now, Kickstarter, because I want to tell you about Kingdom of Night. This is an isometric story-driven action RPG. And let me just stop right there and say, imagine Stranger Things and Diablo merge together to form a video game. That's what Kingdom of Night is. It's set in small town Watford, Arizona, and a satanic cult has unwittingly summoned an ancient evil. But luckily, our main protagonist, John, has been awoken by the kidnapping of his neighbor Ophelia, and he sets off to fight back against this invasion and rescue Ophelia before it's too late. So like I mentioned, this game is on Kickstarter right now, and Great news, it's been funded. It's met its goal within 48 hours. 
and it continues to be backed. And there's a lot of stretch goals involved in this as well to keep the momentum going for this game. But this RPG has all your classics. It's picking your class and you can start as a rogue, a barbarian, a knight, a gadgeteer. There's some classes that aren't available yet due to the stretch goal not being reached. And that would be the hunter and the demon slayer and the sorcerer and the necromancer. But the cool thing about this is it mixes real life with fantasy. So the knight and the barbarian, their main weapon might be a baseball bat. The hunter or the demon slayer, their main weapon might be a slingshot so it mixes in that teen element with action rpg and you can level up you can build your character each class has a skill tree which is split into three branches and each branch contains 10 talents as you level up you know how it goes you assign those points into your talents and you flesh out your play style and that's going to be fully customizable how you want to play you can shape your character as you go out into the night and slay the demonic horde. Like all RPGs as well, you're going to want the best gear, right? You're going to want that loot. You can head out into the world, find random drops. There's multi-tiered loot tables in this game as well. Variable drop rates, quest rewards, that's always good. If you're like me, a bit of an explorer, you might find hidden items throughout the town. There's a rarity range as well from common to unique. And the items you collect provide an extra dimension to the character stat development and have special abilities that will make you even more powerful. I instantly just fell in love when I saw the trailer for this game. Set in the 80s, just that isometric RPG genre is something I've been quite a fan of throughout my life. Played a lot of Diablo. And just seeing this put together, it looks really impressive. It looks like such a blast. So if that's a genre you're interested in, if you're a big fan of Stranger Things and Diablo and RPGs, the 80s, if that's buzzwords that are getting you excited, head on over to Kickstarter and check this out. I'll throw a link in my show notes, which I'll talk about at the end of my show here. Really excited to see how far this one can go on Kickstarter. There's some interesting backer rewards as well. If you want to pledge some of the higher tiers, you can design an NPC. And at the very top level, you can get 3D printed figurines of each of the four demon generals. But this is definitely one to watch. It's estimated release of October 2020. We know those things can change with game development, but this one just looks like a really great project. And it's no wonder it got funded so quickly. It's trivia time. So I was talking about Kingdom of Night in that segment. But from one kingdom to another, can you name the main protagonist of the Kingdom Hearts series? The answer is Sora. Yeah, that was a bit of a tricky one to end on. But if you got that one right, give yourself an extra life. That's it, we're finished, we're done. You did it! You answered another three questions, but how did you do? Why don't you let me know over on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, at 3 Extra Lives. I'd love to hear from you. Like always, head on over to 3ExtraLives.Fireside.FM to find the show notes for everything I've talked about, links to what I've mentioned on here so you don't have to go searching or typing into your 
Googles or anything like that. Just head over there, threeextralives.fireside.fm, and that will have you sorted. And that's it from me. Thank you very much for tuning in, and I will see you all in level 8. Find more at dragonpoweredstudio.com.